Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Business Mastermind Podcast. This is Gavin Preston, your host. Today's episode is a fascinating interview with Jamie Keening of Optimize Me Now. Jamie is a business growth coach, but his area of specialism is specifically around systems and about making sure systems are efficient and help to drive growth and drive the capability for growth and scaling a business. He takes a data-led approach that uh, drives attention to where systems need to be improved, that has a knock-on effect in improving morale, individual performance, and in culture, and in so doing, improves improves the capacity in an organization. A fascinating interview. You'll find Jamie really enthusiastic, articulate, uh, passionate, and knowledgeable about his subject. So straight over to the interview with myself and Jamie Keeling of Optimize Me Now. Jamie, welcome. Thank you very much for joining me in the latest episode of the Business Mastermind podcast. Um, Thank you for joining me. My pleasure. It's great to be here, Gavin. Jamie and I have known each other, had the privilege of knowing each other and working together with each other over a number of years. I've had the great pleasure of seeing Jamie uh, blossom, rise from strength to strength, and importantly, carve his own niche. Uh, A niche in a really uh, effective area, really important area, in helping businesses to scale and grow, but with a real attention around systems. So, Jamie, do you want to introduce yourself and explain more about the work that you do? Yes, thank you, Gavin. So, uh, as you said, my name is Jamie Keeling. I'm the founder of Optimize Me Elite Business Coaching and the Better Business Academy. And my focus is in helping businesses who are turning over 500,000 plus, who might be struggling with profitability, performance, and failing systems with a big focus on the systems element. Uh, as you know, Gavin, I spent many years in my family's business and working with yourself, we achieved a phenomenal level of revenue growth. But because we didn't have the systems and the infrastructure behind us to support that growth, we learned some really tough lessons along the way. And it's those lessons which I now work with my clients through my business coaching to help them avoid making the same mistakes. And it's often those things that don't quite go according to plan that provide us the most invaluable life and business lessons that help us get it right in the future and help the people that we work with get it right for the future. Absolutely. You know, I wouldn't be half the man I am today without all of the mistakes that I've made. And the thing is, there's things that like having positive experiences and having things go right is fantastic in so many ways. But there's things that positive experiences just cannot teach you. And it's the mistakes, it's the failures, it's messing things up, it's falling down. Those experiences teach you things that you just simply can't learn anywhere else. And so it's so important. One of the things I say to my clients is you have to be prepared to fail. You've got to be prepared to fall down along the way because otherwise you're going to be missing out on so many of those key experiences, key lessons, key learnings that are going to drive you to success because they create a different version of you. They make you into the person that you need to be in order to achieve and be able to tackle the next set of challenges, the next level of success. If we stay safe, if we stay in our comfort zone, how on earth can we grow? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, a great example of this, as you know, I'm a keen martial arts practitioner. And a great example is boxing, is fighting, is martial arts. When you win a bout, when you win a competition, your reward is you get to face an even bigger, even better, even faster, stronger opponent. It's not that the challenges ever get easier. And that's the thing with life as it is in business, is that the guarantee is that it's going to get harder. Things are going to get more challenging as every day, week, month, and year passes. The, the main role that we have as human beings, as business owners, as parents and partners, is we have to get better more quickly than things get harder. And so long as we do that, and that's why there's such a, for me, a big focus on personal and professional development, because I know that so long as I'm getting better every single day, it doesn't matter how big or insurmountable the next challenges seem. I will get there and I'll become the person that I need to be in order to overcome that hurdle. And similarly to going up through the belt gradings in Taekwondo, when you start and you're a white belt and you're looking at all of these things that the black belts are doing, it just looks impossible. You feel like you're never, ever going to be at that level. Whereas when you take the baby steps, you go from white to yellow to green to blue to red. And then finally, you're a black stripe and you're going for your black belt grading. And you're there. And it's just one more baby step rather than this massive insurmountable task that you thought it was when you first started. Arms and legs flailing around all over the place. And business is very similar to that. And one of the things that's really in uh, front of mind, I think, and very topical at the moment is the need for resilience. You know, we've got some economic turbulence uh, off the back of the political turbulence. Economies, as we know, go in cycles. And uh, I think at the moment, what we need to be building is business resilience and personal resilience. And so I think that goes hand in hand with that um, analogy you've just used about the martial arts is as you go with the belt gradings, you get rewarded by an even bigger challenge. So on your journey and what have been your personal lessons around how you can become more personally resilient and what have you seen work in business about developing business resilience? It's about seeing the opportunities in everything. And as with most things in life, it comes down to your mindset and how you choose Absolutely. to see you know, your perception of reality literally does define your reality. Yeah. Um, and so it's a case of taking a step back. And when you look at the world in general, when you look at the universe, when you study science, you see that there's polarity in everything. There's equals and opposites. There's the positive and the negative, the good and the bad, the light and the dark, everything has an opposite. And so in that sense, when we see that in every other aspect of the universe, why would that be any different for problems, challenges, and things that we have to face and overcome? If there's a problem, there's a solution. If there's a challenge, there's a route to overcome it. And I think it's just that simple mindset flip of, okay, so here's the next challenge, here's the next problem, the solution is out there. I just need to find it. That's my job as an entrepreneur is to find the solutions to problems, right? That's what entrepreneurs are all about. We Absolutely. see the problems in the world and we go out there and we create, we find, we devise solutions to those problems. And that really is it in a nutshell. You just have to change the way you look at the world and see, no, you have to believe in yourself 
especially as a business owner, especially as, a, as an entrepreneur, that every problem has a solution. And that's your job, regardless of your business, regardless of your niche, what market you serve, who your clients are. Your sole job as a business owner is to find solutions to problems. And so to be in a business, to be an entrepreneur and be complaining about the, the struggles, the challenges, the problems, like... Those things are a necessity. They're, they're an integral part of what business is all about, what entrepreneurship means. You have to get out there and find the solutions. So let's link this back down to systems. When you get systems in place in a business, what does that do for the business and what does, uh, how does that help you become more capable or effective at finding those solutions? It all comes down to data. You know, systems are... Think of every aspect of a business as these nodes, these right. cities in a country, if you will. And between the cities in a country, so in the UK, for example, we have London, we have Manchester, we have Liverpool, you know, all the big main city centres. They're the different aspects of business. So marketing, sales, R&D, delivery, operations. The key to success is the flow of data between those systems. So in the analogy of the country, are the roads clear? What main highways are there that link those cities together? And how quickly can people information get between them? And where are the blockages? When you have blockages in information flow, that's where failures start to creep into business. Because ultimately, business is simple. You find out what your clients want or need. You then devise a product or service that meets that need, and then you deliver it. Like that's Really, in a nutshell, all business is. So business is really, really simple. Where people struggle is the infrastructure that sits behind all of that. The things that you need, the systems, the structures that enable you to find out what people need, create the product and service, and go and deliver it. So it comes down to data. We have to make sure that we've got the right data at the right time and in the right place. And that's precisely what systems do. And when you have that, you have accountability, you have responsibility, you have an interdependent culture rather than a dependent culture in your business, which is super important because one of the biggest mistakes that I see my clients making is they are the sole operator, everything kind of, you know, the buck stops with them. And if they're not around to answer a question or to solve a problem, it just doesn't get solved. It doesn't get done. And everybody else ends up running around like headless chickens. But when you are able to develop an interdependent culture, because all of the data is in the right place at the right time, and you've got these systems, these flows of actions, which create consistent outcomes, you empower people in your business to find the answers to the questions they have, to find the solutions to the problems, to build a business where you are, you know, everything about the success of that business is completely dependent on you is in so many ways suicide because you're going to end up running yourself into the ground. You're going to be stressed. You're going to be time poor. And ultimately, when you build a business to any degree of scale, you have to have a team of people. You, you just can't do it on your you own. You can't scale it and certainly you can't exit it from it. Well, not with any Absolutely. value. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and speaking of exiting, you are not exiting a business that isn't systemized because what are the What's the buyer purchasing? Quite. In order for that business to be successful after it's been purchased, they have to buy you with it. And that defeats the point of exiting a business, does it not? Yeah, quite. So many of the business owners, <clears throat> business leaders I work with tend to be 
not only the very driven but quite creative people and the part of that's required to <clears throat> with order with sequence uh with detail put together and document systems and then look how to optimize and improve them kind of like drains the life force from them um what do you, what kind of a process do you take people through to make that as simple as pain-free as easy as possible and effective as possible well honestly that's why those people need to work with people like us gavin because we can help give bring that structure and bring that systemization to a business all right when you're a business owner, like you have certain strengths. And for the most part, being an entrepreneurial spirit, being somebody who is designed to find solutions, create solutions to problems, you're not, generally speaking, the systems structure kind of type of person. So key to success in business is not being afraid to hire people who are better than you in your weaknesses. And that's Absolutely. where we come in, right? Because we yeah. come in as coaches, as mentors, and we help people to see their weak areas. And then we provide guidance, expertise, and support in terms of developing those weak areas and developing team members who can step in and lift up the areas of the business that are currently perhaps being let down by that over-creative business owner entrepreneur. Um, so it's about bringing in the skills that you need. Yes, you can improve the things that are your weaknesses to a point, but you have to ask the question, well, what's the return on investment for doing that? How much time have you got to invest? You know, you read books by Malcolm Gladwell and Bounce by Matthew Syed, and they talk about this 10,000 hour rule. But to take that one step further, it's not just 10,000 hours. You know, practice makes permanent, it doesn't make perfect. So if you're practicing something for 10,000 hours, but it's not focused, concentrated practice in the right way, then you're not really getting anywhere. It has to be focused and concentrated. How much... Well, it's also, you've got to have the aptitude to, to it. You know, you and I are, are both versed with the work of Talent Dynamics and Wealth Dynamics, its sister product. And um, it profiles you depending on where can you add the most value to a team or what are these, the activities that you need to be doing that's going to build the most wealth for your business. And you happen to be what they call as a mechanic, which is someone that's got a foot in the camp of being very ordered, very process-driven, and a foot in the camp of being very creative. So your mechanic profile enables you to look at a system and then the, the system side of your brain, and then the creative side of your brain goes, well, how can I make that better? Now, so, so you are, in the way you're built or whatever, and the, your, your strengths and your preferences, you're well-placed to do that. Whereas somebody that's just a pure creative, for example, um, that the idea of putting that into a logical system that others can follow is, is an anathema to them. Yeah, and, and that's where the business coaches, business mentors, and business partners really come into their own. Like you need really at least two of those three, either a mentor and coach and you know, somebody else in the business, you can bounce ideas off day to day, but somebody preferably who is more on the opposite side. So if you're very much on the creative side, you need someone who's more systems and structure focused. If and you're like some of the best teams that your business businesses in the world are run by a combination of a creative ideas person, entrepreneur that's very good at engaging people, engaging stakeholders and, and, and getting customers and prospective customers on board. But their right hand is someone that um, kind of makes it all happen in an ordered, controlled, and systemized way. Absolutely. And I know many business owners and business partnerships that operate in just that way. And they're super successful, like you say, for exactly that reason. 
uh, two good friends of mine, Darren and Danny from Expert Apps. They have, Darren is the creative guy, so he comes up with all the big ideas and literally runs at a million miles an hour. And then Danny's the one saying, oh yeah, what about this? What about that? What ha- you know, how are we actually going to make that happen? What's the plan? What's the structure? What actions do we need to take and by when? So it's really important to have both elements in balance. And when you're looking to build or form your team uh, in your business, if you look around your team and you've realized that actually where you uh, feel like you've been let down is that you don't have someone to be that counterbalance to you that will make sure that you can A, deliver on your promises to customers, but then replicate it so you can scale it, um, then you need a really good quality person like that on your team. 100%. And again, this is where the systems come in. Once those are set, it gives you that accountability. It gives you the consistency and results. Because otherwise, like if you've got a team of even five, six people, 10, 20, 50 people, regardless of how well you feel you're communicating with them, there's only a limited degree to which you can do so anyway. But everybody's got their own interpretation of what success means or what a good result is or how a job should be done. And unless you've got systems and processes which really guide that to the nth degree, now we're not talking about micromanagement, we're talking about guiding information flow to produce a consistent result. When that's down in black and white and everybody in the business can see, right, in order to achieve this result, X, Y, and Z things need to happen and in that order, then consistency goes up massively rather than having mistakes, people dropping the ball, misinterpretations and misunderstandings and things just getting forgotten and missed. Yeah, agreed. So we're talking about systems, we're talking about processes. You know, let's try and uh, break this down into is there a do you have a system by which you use when you go into clients to help them get a, a clarity around their systems and what they need to do to improve them? Yeah, 100%. So where we start is we start by looking at the, I use a tool called an accountability chart. So it takes the traditional organizational chart where you've got the shareholders and then the MD, CEO and directors and all the rest of it. Yeah, also known as an organogram, yeah. Yes, it's the same structure, but with a difference. And the difference is we attribute three to five numbered KPIs to each role. So we're not, you know, regardless of the size of the business, we're looking at, well, what's every single role? If you were a big multinational corporation and you had one person for every different department, every different role, what would would those roles be? Because particularly in smaller businesses, SMEs, you've got one person who's occupying maybe three, four, five different hats. So rather than trying to come up with a set of KPIs for that person, let's look at the roles and derive KPIs for those. And then it doesn't matter who sits where. We know that when they're wearing a given hat, what success and failure looks like. Now, this is super important because it defines a few things. It defines success and failure for you in a very clear way so you can effectively hold to account and manage appropriately your staff and team members. Okay. Another side to that is that your staff and team then know explicitly when they're succeeding and when they're failing. And that in and of itself boosts performance. Because if there's a lack of clarity in your team over, well, what is success? What is, now, am I really doing a good job? Because like, here's the thing, your staff, nobody in the world wakes up wanting to fail. Nobody in the world wakes up wanting to disappoint. Everybody wants to succeed in, in their own version of what that is. They want to please, they want to do well. And, it's and so, receive the feedback and the reinforcement that they are on the right track and are doing well. 
Yeah, absolutely. But they can know that themselves without necessarily needing constant validation from you, the business owner or their line manager or whoever their reportable leader is. Good point. Um, yeah. The other thing that does then is it, we have to do this before we start looking at systems because until we've got those KPIs, how do we know what information needs to flow to where and to who? Great. So that's a big part of what those KPIs do. Now, less than three, and you probably haven't got enough. You're not measuring enough things to have enough data to make sound decisions. More than five, and it just gets way too messy. There's okay. really no need to have So between any- three and five KPIs, key performance indicators for each of the roles, and the yeah. roles that you um, would expect to be there in a business structure, so finance, marketing, IT, um, manufacture, design, whatever the nature of your business. Yes. Yeah. And, and to add to that, those KPIs, the first KPIs we derive are the high-level KPIs for the business. So how does the business owner, the shareholders, the board of directors, what numbers are they measuring to gauge whether the business is being successful or failing? So when you're looking at KPIs, just to drill a little bit deeper, are you... Are you looking at lead or lag indicators? So what I mean by that, you know, a lag indicator is the result of your activity. So the profit you get, the cash in the bank, um, your productivity, your your yields, um, your customer retention, whatever it is, it's the result. Whereas a lead indicator is your input measure. So the number of sales calls you make a month or the um, the amount of raw material you're putting at the front end of your manufacturing process. So are your KPIs both lead and lag or just lag indicators? Um, They're both. So the high-level ones are going to be very much high-level business performance. So we'd be looking typically, and again, it depends on the business and depends on the business owners. Everybody's definition of success is different. There are some similarities, but there are differences also. My version of success is different to yours, is different to somebody else's. So the high-level KPIs typically will be based around level of growth, so revenue growth as a percentage year on year. Profitability, net profitability and gross profitability, yeah. customer retention, um, those kind of things, very high level. So we can see, right, well, if we're growing by this amount, if our net profitability is consistently at this level, and if we retain have, have this amount of customer retention, we consider that as a business model to be a success, as a successful business model. So then the the other side of that is when we're looking at the the KPIs for each of the individual roles that sit within the organizational chart, they're on the other end of the scale. So we might be looking at things like, on a sales team, number of calls per day, number of appointments booked, number of appointments attended, leads closed. Right, great. So it's, it's important to have both. Both, yeah. But I think it's, it's key to have the high-level, top-level KPIs first. Because otherwise, how do you know what each KPI for each role is relating back to? So for an accounts person, you have to look at, well, a cash flow could be another high-level KPI, uh, 10% of, ca- of revenue we want to see in the bank as free cash. So you look then at a role, say a bookkeeper or an accounts assistant, which one of those high-level KPIs does that role feed? And they've, can, got, they've got influence, they've got ability to influence, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, then they're not, an accounts person bookkeeper isn't going to be influencing customer retention. Not no. really. Uh, they're not going to be influencing revenue growth because that's the job of the sales team. But where they really come into their own is cash flow. You know, are they paying their debts on time? Are they collecting their debts on time? 
Sure. When are they issuing invoices? Is it 30, 60, 90 days after the service is delivered or is it 24 hours? So where you've got uh, KPIs that are not at the level where they should be, that becomes the sort of uh, warning sign or flash the, the sort of neon light as uh, the arrow pointing, we need to look at the area here. So if that's debt collection and cash, if you've got your debtor days that are too high, then you look at that system around credit control. Yes, absolutely. Right. So it's all about, and I was explaining this to a client I was, I was with up in Manchester recently. If you imagine every element of your business as a chain, a metal chain, at the yeah. moment, there's a weak link, but we don't have enough data because we're not measuring enough things in a tangible way to identify which link on that chain is the weak one so we can either weld it back together or just cut it out and put a new one. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, have to have that information in order to know where to look, right? Great analogy. And that's exactly what the KPIs do, is they allow you to see, well, firstly, when we're building systems, those KPIs tell us what systems we need to build because now we know what information needs to flow from operative to manager to exec director to the board. Yep. And then to flow back down as feedback. Once we know that, when we can see that one of the high-level KPIs aren't performing, we can trace that back to the relevant departments and we can look at which indicators are lagging in those departments and now we know exactly which system is failing. Great. So the systems, the chains, the links in the chain of your systems. Great. If you're not getting the results that you want, one of those links is faulting. Love that. Love that. So that, one thing that on that journey, though, by shining the spotlight of kind of awareness on people's performance where those KPIs aren't um, aren't where they should be, I, I guess is the behavioural impact or behavioural reaction by individual that realises that uh, all eyes are on them in terms of their performance. So how do you um, keep them on board, keep them these uh, individuals engaged whilst doing a job of improving uh, systems and, and therefore KPIs? Well, I'm actually going to flip that back because I think not having that in place in the first place is what leads to disengagement. Because if, yeah. like I said before, if those people don't know when they're being successful or failing, if they've not really got any true measure, any tangible way to look at their role, look, you know, you have to remember these people are investing a significant amount of their lives in coming into your business and delivering for you and working for you. Sure. They need to feel like that, you know, more so today than ever. The landscape of employment has changed drastically in the last 20 years to the point where now where we're so hyper-connected, we're so aware of the things that are going on in the world. Yeah, everybody wants to make a difference to varying degrees and scale, but everybody wants to make a difference. Everybody wants to feel like they mean something, like they matter, like they're achieving something. And so, I mean, again, this is a common conversation I have with clients is that they're, they're scared that putting these systems into place, having KPIs where you're measuring performance is almost too much like micromanaging and it's going to scare people off. Whereas my argument is completely the opposite. Actually, your staff are going to be happier. They're going to be more engaged. They're going to be more productive, more effective because they know exactly what their key result areas are. They know what success and failure looks like. And so they know what needs to be done for them to feel really good about what they're investing so much of their time in day to day. Exactly. And I suppose also it's about how you position it and communicate this piece of work with those key, with those members of the team. You're saying this is... Uh, this piece of work really is to help you that there may be a flaw in the way that we do things around here, the system and the process that we follow by looking at where we're a bit um, below where we need to be in terms of the KPIs, then we'll be able to rectify that, make the system more efficient and help you look good. 
Absolutely. And at the end of the day, if the business fails, everybody's out of a job. Sure. You know, a business is only as strong as its team. You know, no matter your management style, you're not an island. You just can't be. You have to work together as a cohesive team. And that's why culture is so, so important in a business. But again, you know, the systems, the processes, the KPIs, all of that stuff drives culture because everybody knows where the areas of responsibility are. And one of the worst things you can have is a complete lack of structure. And I've experienced this in, in my own previous business where you have a lack of structure, where you have a lack of responsibility and accountability, like everybody thinks it's everybody else's responsibility to get something done. People drop the ball, mistakes get made, things get forgotten, and the business sucks. The atmosphere sucks because rather than moving forward, everybody's fighting fires all the time. Everybody's dealing with the latest mistake, the latest failure, the latest customers phoning up to complain. And so you're, you're always on the back foot. You're always in this reactive state of mind. Furthermore, the business isn't growing, or if it is growing in terms of revenue, it's not growing in terms of profitability. So there's no extra cash flow available in the business to provide extra rewards, to meet the economic needs of your employees based on you know inflation. Cost of living is going up every day. Your staff need rewarding. They need more and more. And regardless of that they want to feel like they're valued and one of the ways that happens is you give them pay rises you promote them you move them up through the business and there's nothing worse than having staff having employees who you know deserve so much more in terms of remuneration than you're currently giving them but you just can't afford it you just haven't got the free cash flow there to give it to them and of course if they're truly a grade players and you're not paying them what they're worth you're going to lose them even worse than that is when you're expanding your business, you want an A-grade team. So you want to hire the very best that your money can buy. If you haven't got any money in the coffers, you simply have not got the resources to attract the best talent into your business. And that becomes a chicken and egg. If you're, not, if you're then having to settle for substandard people with the wrong values, the wrong attitudes, skills, look, skills aren't important. If I'm hiring, I'm hiring on values first, attitude second, They've got the skills, great. If they haven't, I'll train them. I can't train values and attitude. But if you're having to compromise on those key elements of who you're hiring, your team is going to suffer massively as a result. So the before and after you've uh, portrayed what the culture is like in an organization when the systems aren't in place and people are firefighting all the time. So let's flip that over to look at the after scenario when the managing the flow of business through the organization with the KPIs, the systems have been improved and enhanced. What's the impact that has on the culture? Um, Absolutely massive in so many ways. People feel cohesive. People are more tightly bonded. People feel like they're able to rely on on each other in an interdependent way. So, you know, make no mistake, by having responsibilities, by having lines of accountability, by having KPIs, it doesn't mean that that's then acceptable for people to stay in their pigeonholes and say, right, well, I'm not doing anything else then because I, this is my job. These are my KPIs and all the rest of you can go and screw yourselves. That's not how it works. And actually what you find is that it breeds a culture of because I'm so clear on what I need to do, because I'm so clear on my key result areas, I now have the mental space to think about not only do an absolutely fantastic job in my department, in my area, in my role, I've now got free capacity because we're working so efficiently, because we're working so well together yep. to pick up and help with this, to pick up and help with that and really work together as a team. 
Well, that was the point I was going to make, that now everything else is working well. It creates capacity without being able to hire any more so they can help each other and work more together like a high-performing team, enables more creativity, helps people to design or come up with new product ideas. It becomes a virtuous upward spiral as opposed to a, you know, a flat spin out of control. Absolutely. It's chicken and egg again, but in a positive way, like you say. Great. Jamie, this is absolutely fantastic and fascinating conversation. Uh, you deliver this with a real level of clarity and evident passion and enthusiasm. You don't normally come across people that have such enthusiasm about systems, uh, but you're, doing it and you're masterful at it. Um, so if people listening to this, business owners listening to this, think, I need a bit of Jamie in my business, how do they find out more about you and what you offer? Fabulous question. Thank you. So uh, people can connect with me on social media. My two primary platforms are Facebook and LinkedIn. Just search at the Jamie Keeling and you will find me and all of my best content posted to those platforms. Uh, you can also check out my website, www.optimizemenow.com, where again, you'll find more information about me, my background and the programs that I offer and how I can assist you in creating absolutely outstanding businesses. You also have a podcast. I do. What a fantastic plug. Yes. Yeah, so you can also check out my podcast, Optimize Me Now. It's available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you can get it, it's available. Um, we're almost at episode 50, believe it or not. Been running wow, just over fantastic. a year now. Been downloaded in 33 countries worldwide. So it's, wow. it's really humbling to see the difference it's making to people, to see how it's really taken off. And again, that's all about, you know, very similar to yourself, Gavin, getting world-class people on, you know, not big names like Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone and all these people, as much as I would love to have those on. But actually what I've found is through interviewing normal people, normal business owners, normal entrepreneurs, normal people who have achieved great things, they're in, in so many ways much more inspiring and much more relatable than those big names who are just almost larger than life. So. And that, I, you're speaking to the, preaching to the converted, that is my uh, vision here for the business mastermind is that I want real, genuine, down-to-earth people who are doing well, who've got a message to share, but they're not the finished product. They're on the journey, they're keen to learn, and they're relatable because I think with some of the big names that you might see in any industry, they just feel so far out of reach for people that are sort of really bogged down in the, in the middle of their own challenges in their day-to-day -day business lives. You're doing great work, Jamie. It's a real privilege and joy to see. Keep up the excellent work and um, I'll see you soon, my friend. Gavin, thank you so much for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. This episode of The Business Mastermind is brought to you by The Evolve Mastermind. The Evolve Mastermind is a business mastermind for business owners of businesses turning over between 500,000 and 5 million per annum. Their monthly events provide you with solutions, strategies, inspiration and insights to help you scale and grow your business. Each month there's a hand-picked speaker to provide you with relevant strategies plus time to mastermind with other business owners on issues that are facing you and your business. With groups in Chelmsford in Essex and Manchester in the Northwest and more locations planned, go to www.the-evolve-mastermind.co.uk. That's www.the-evolve-mastermind.co.uk. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.